0: My name's Terry. Welcome to the
1: OddsCast. Welcome to the OddsCast. Anything more?
2: Welcome to the OddsCast. And welcome to this week's special edition of the OddsCast podcast. Dominic DeLeo, Joe DeLara, Terry Takes, producer Corey. It is post-Super Bowl. I... We, we have a special, you know, a, a really good episode planned. We're gonna first have Terry just gloat about the Bucks because he was right. We were wrong. Don't, don't start. Don't, don't you start. We're gonna have your oh. time. We're gonna have your time. And then we're gonna bring on Sat Shandan from ESPN Fantasy Hockey. Uh, he will try and repeat his magic from last year as our, you know, well, he is our odds cast NHL Oracle, but he will try and repeat his magic last year. And if you didn't listen to him last year, Stanley cup playoffs, he predicted lightning over stars, Stanley cup. And that was happened and that actually it's pretty solid payout. So that's something yeah. you're not going to want to miss. Uh, but Now's your time, Terry. You said we were stupid last week when we were talking about the Chiefs. That is a direct quote. I do remember. Yes. I even said to one of our friends outside of this podcast, I said, Terry is really fucking annoying with the Bucks because everybody in my life loves the Chiefs and like likes the Chiefs. And he's the only guy that's making me rethink it. And what do you know? Game sucked. The Bucs fucking dominated. You're up. You have the floor. I, I reserve 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 from my colleague from wherever you live. Uh,
3: the you podcast the will now recognize the gentleman <laughs> from Ocean County. Spring Springfield, USA.
0: Um, yeah. I you know, I, I hate this. I want to say, oh, wow, I'm so surprised and thankful. But, you know, I knew this was going to happen. I told I tried to warn you all. I hope so. Some of the listeners listened and heeded my warnings. You know, like the saying goes, you can, you know, take a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And I was just, I was trying to make you guys drink and you just wouldn't, you're just stubborn. And I'm, I'm lying down in my bed for this podcast because I got so goddamn tired of my big ass dick dragging on the floor all day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Tom Brady is the GOAT. Seven Super Bowl championships. How could you ever possibly bet against him? It's, you know, and Dom, Dom, Dom,
2: Dom. I know the line, the, the, trenches, line, the trenches, the trenches, the trenches. Or the
0: deciding factor of this game.
2: The trenches and DVR. My favorite thing. My two favorite things in yes. football and just didn't listen. You're right. Wow. You're right. I, this is why I gave you this time, because you were right. We were wrong. We were stupid. The offensive line injuries meant way more. I I had confidence in Andy Reid off a of bye to figure out what was going on, but just, you know, masterful defensive game plan um, by Todd Bowles and, and company. I, that's, that's it. I know, I know people, I know a lot of people want to talk about the flags, but they lost by 22 points. So yeah. I will
1: say I am glad that I followed Terry at the beginning of the season because I did have a Bucks future that I cashed um, at 32 to one. So and that was a Terry takes at the beginning of the season. I put it in and I cashed that. Uh, so even though I I had bets on both, the, I, I bet the Chiefs for the game, uh, but I still I still walked away a winner. Thank you, Terry.
0: You're welcome. You know, I had that at 50 to one that at a bunch of different places may have bankrupted the score sports book, which (laughs) limits regular bets to like $10 now. So that's all that's because they had to pay you out. I may be on their radar and may get kicked off there soon.
1: You might actually need to withdraw from the score.
0: (laughs) But yeah, yeah. like, but you know, like they say, you know, can't look in the past. You got to look in the future. And, you know, I took I took some of those winnings, and you know what I did? I did two things. I did, one, I bet a new Super Bowl future for next year.
2: Well, okay. Let me stop you there. Okay. Because this is okay. what I wanted to transition into. Wait, so can it's I get th- my second one first, though? What did, what did you do? with the second one? My
0: other one, because 50 to 1 odds is not enough for me anymore. I've tasted it. It's like my <laughs> first hit of crack. It's
1: 100 to 1 with I've, me.
0: You know, I'm on to meth. I need the good stuff, baby. Send me to the good corner. I've, I've placed a, a, a decent sum of money on the United States football <laughs> team to win the 2020 World Cup. In
2: 2022. 2022. 2022.
0: God bless. World Let's Cup. go. Terry, what are At you doing? 100 to 1.
2: I'm with you. I did it. I also did it. Um, yes. I had I had a twenty dollars. I'm in bet. a room full
3: of idiots. You just do give your money un-patriotic. away. Unpatriotic. You have to. No, do it isn't. Yes, saving it is. money and making money is the most patriotic thing you could do. You well, don't know that. Well, That's in line with 2021
2: fair. America, I got money, a stimulus, uh, if you will, from DraftKings, and I immediately put it on. Uh, Are you trying
3: to stimulate the team?
2: I'm trying to. St- <laughs> I'm trying to just I'm be stimulated. Yeah. I like I. You know, I don't want to turn this into a 2022 World Cup preview. You don't want one now. <laughs> <That's> no, we're
0: <laughs> there. It's we're there, and early. you're all idiots. It's never too early.
2: But I, I get it. I just think that I wish they had 2026 20, World Cup odds. They
0: probably I, do. Five dimes would have. You could just ask for a
2: market.
0: But look, yeah, look, United States. I will. I will. 100%. I will
2: leave you 20 seconds give you 20 seconds to give us your, your pitch on this.
0: Okay. Bitch. 20 seconds. United States up and coming young team, more, more players than we've ever had in uh, the upper echelon leagues in Europe. And second, the world cup is in the middle East. And what do Americans do best is invade the middle East. Shit.
3: I did not think of that.
0: That's all I needed.
3: I fully, I'm sorry. I take back everything I said. Oh. That makes total sense. I forgot about the Middle East portion of this, uh, uh, you know, World Cup cocktail.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I really didn't think about it that way. I'm going to go yeah. ahead and empty my bank
3: account on the USA 101.
1: I, I will say, what? I will say too,
0: the stadiums were built with slave labor, and Americans are very comfortable um, performing in you know, no moral quantities whatsoever. Built on on such labor.
3: You're right. This is uh, a home field advantage uh, game.
2: It's it going to be me. very comfortable.
3: They might as well be playing in DC. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm, I was going to ask a question about I don't Costa, even, you know, to say. Costa Rica, but uh, what? A, they why? They might not
3: even go out of pure. <laughs> Didn't pure they love get for to humanity. a third place
2: once? Third
3: yeah, place game. Yeah, they got game? beat by the yeah, Netherlands. They did. It was okay. So, so, sad. so smaller, smaller. Time,
2: so, you know. Teams have gotten pretty far, even though no one thought they would. All right, I wanted to transition to your first point uh, before we got off on the on the rails there in uh, some geopolitical mix of of soccer futures. Mm-hmm. The Super Bowl futures. You bet the Bucks before they signed Brady. That's why there was fifty to one. Yes. Do you think? I guess the questions are one, do you think Lightning could strike twice and at least give you some good, you know, not a Super Bowl win, but if you bet a team now that is on the precipice, you know, the bucks were seven and nine, still had a good defense as far as DVOA was concerned. They had offensive weapons. Um, do you think there are any teams that are in need of quarterbacks this year at this offseason? Because there are a lot of them. Um, and there are a few that come to mind of, of teams that are right there that just kind of need a quarterback. And secondly, uh, if you do think that lightning could strike twice, what teams are you looking at?
0: So, uh, I do think lightning can strike twice, um, and you're right. I originally had like the Bucks before they got Brady, and then once the rumor started swirling, that's when I started throwing the bets down on fifty to one, just just in case. Um, so I was looking similarly here. The odds, there isn't anything as crazy. I don't see any, as many complete teams at the bottom of the odds as I thought the Bucs were um, in spite of Jameis Winston. Uh, but I in the mid-range, the one I did bet that I teased before was the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, they had obviously made the playoffs this year with Phillip Rivers. They kind of made it you know, on their run game, not explosive, you know, not too explosive team in the air. Um, And you saw them, as Dom likes to point out, or, you know, Dom was, we we were on the Colts, or he was on the Colts and pointed out how they kind of dominated the game against the Bills in the playoffs. And the Bills are kind of just lucky and survived. So they have that infrastructure there as a team. They no longer have a quarterback. And then this just goes into the conspiracy theory of, how Frank Reich helped lead the Eagles to the Super Bowl, um, and Carson Wentz's best year came as when Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator there. So Carson Wentz has demanded to be traded. I'm taking a little future at you know 29 to one on the Colts to win the Super Bowl with the idea that Carson Wentz ends up being their next quarterback, um, and I'm a I'm a Carson Wentz believer. Just needs a little change of scenery.
2: Carson Wentz-Truther, oh, yes. if you will. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it's, it makes sense. It's just the teams that you would think fit the bill probably more so, maybe even – yeah, maybe even more so. The 49ers, we liked going in, but they are 14-1. to 1. Like, there's no value there.
0: Yeah, yeah yep, I agree.
2: The oh. – other teams I could see as like a long shot. Washington football team 60 to one. They re-signed their starting quarterback, apparently. That's not we don't know if that's their starting quarterback, but they had okay. they they were a playoff team and they, you know, they looked better against the Bucks than the Chiefs did. Um and Browns they need a quarterback. Are 20. Browns are 20 to one the other team that i thought was interesting was the patriots at 40 to one had a lot of guys opt out with covid belichick kind of like approve it after seeing tom brady just fucking you know talking about terry's dick hanging on the floor tom Mm -hmm. brady's gotta just be like fuck you bill belichick bill belichick this might be the year to define his legacy 40 to one you know at times they look competitive they beat beat the Ravens pretty well. That was probably their best win of the season. But, you know, a lot of guys quit on that team, you know, before the season with COVID and you got 40 to one. And that's why these, you know, these teams are, are long shot odds for a reason. But those are the two teams that, that stuck out to me. I do like the Colts though. Joe, do you have any, any other teams you would be looking at?
1: Uh, I, like I kind of mentioned before the Browns, 22 to one. Um, I think that they could take another step. They really were close to winning that playoff game. Um, and kind of had a little bit of a couple bad breaks there. Uh, so 22-1, to one, uh, they almost won that division too. Uh, I, 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 I think they're kind of a good pick.
2: One thing I will note, we talk about this every year and we will talk about this with our uh, series, with our, with our preview uh, before the NFL season, the turnover in playoff teams. Just because a team makes the playoffs this year, this past season, do not expect them uh, to just pencil them in for the next year because that just really doesn't happen in the NFL. So,
0: can I say something crazy looking sure. at the odds? Yes, 80 to 1. This might never happen. This is a crazy bet, but a there's, flyer.
2: There's two teams that are 80 to 1, and I honestly don't know which way you're going to go. I have no idea what I've I it. actually know, I think I think I could see it. Let me let, let me go. Go. I'll I'll say, I'll say the in team, 2 seconds if I'm if The I'm
0: team right. is in our geographical region.
2: I did not, I did not think you were going that way.
0: <laughs> it is the New York Football
2: Jets. <laughs> I did not I thought you were going Cincinnati Bengals. Say Burrow comes no. back. Got a lot that's, of weapons.
0: That's a tough division though. Uh, the Jets. They're not a bad team. They have talent on that roster. New head coach. And this is with the idea that they trade for Deshaun Watson, which seems uh, to be one of the yeah, Andy
3: That seems like it's happening.
2: Yeah. If, why is that right? not? Is it. that built it in? Is like that is that eighty happen. is that eighty to one built in or is that gonna
1: sixty five to one on FanDuel? So that's Draft about 80... A 80
0: to one. If if they trade for Deshaun Watson, those odds will drop to at least thirty to one.
2: I think they go lower. I think yeah, they go probably 20, lower 25. Because
1: the, uh, what are the Texans at now? The Texans are at seven. The Texans are at higher odds than the Jets right now, which seems w- w- ridiculous.
2: I'm betting that actually right now. Yeah, well,
1: that's cool.
0: because they think that the Texans won't trade them. So that's- this, I mean, this is, uh, again, a very long shot because I'm online really shopping. The Texans this won't quick. trade them. But if you want to get real crazy and year that's going to be just a continuation of the weirdness of 2020. Why not the New York Jets?
2: All right. I'm going to end our NFL podcast because we're starting to, we're starting to talk about crazy shit, but uh, (laughs) we're going to bring on Satch Chandan from ESPN. We're going to talk some hockey and then we'll see you on the other side for some pods and wrecks to see us out. Congratulations again, Terry. Thank you for all that you do for this podcast and thank you for, in the face of enormous opposition and adversity from Joe and I uh, sticking true to your guns and rubbing it in our faces a week later.
0: You're welcome. God bless. Party, party on my new yacht.
2: And now we bring on last year's uh, hockey Oracle that we had out on, on the odds cast. He predicted at the beginning of the NHL playoffs the final two finalists and also got the uh, the, the Stanley Cup winner correct. It is Satch Chandan, ESPN Fantasy Hockey Editor. Thank you, Satch, for joining the podcast once again. How are you doing?
4: Hey, guys. I'm doing great. I'm glad to be back on the show. And... Let's face it, it's 20 degrees out. I'm not going anywhere else.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, Satch, I wanted to talk to you first and foremost just about the COVID um, hockey experience, I guess, is, is a poor way to put it. But this is a season that's different from any other season. Obviously, now a 56-game season. We have teams dropping left and right with COVID stuff. The Devils haven't played in like a week and a half. Um, and I wanted to get first your sense on how this would affect the season and projecting the season. And I know that you had all, you know, back in January when the season started, you had a, uh, an article with ESPN where you were on with uh, a bunch of the ESPN guys. In terms of your predictions – and since these teams i guess the first thing is that these teams are only playing interdivision games so there's really no way to look at you know these teams that get playing against other other conferences you know there's no interconference no cross division games what do you what did you think going into the season and how that would play out and now after you've seen a couple weeks of action what do you think now Um, and just affecting your projections going forward as we get closer to the end of the season here.
4: Okay. So there are three main thoughts that I have based on the unusual situation of the season. The first one, which you mentioned is that teams will not play other teams outside their division. And to me, when I'm looking at streaks, that means it's much harder to turn around a losing streak or much, and I may be slower to take off to, uh, I may be slower to um, look away from a team that's hot because you're playing again. If, if your team, like the Montreal Canadians, you're red hot right now, you're not going to run into any buzzsaws because you're already doing so well against the other teams on your schedule. And those mm-hmm. teams are going to continue being on the schedule. This manifested itself in an interesting way with the Florida Panthers. The central division is fairly lousy outside of Tampa and you've, you may be seeing teams like Florida, they started off unbeaten in regulation. A team like Chicago does surprisingly well against the spread. So that's some one way that it's manifesting itself. Number yeah. two. Oh, go on.
2: No, no, no. You're good. You're good. I'm sorry. When the Oracle speaks, I, I stop and I listen. <laughs> <laughs>
4: The second point that I was thinking of is we're seeing a rush of teams having to shut down their facilities, having to shut down their schedule, like you mentioned, with the Devils. I know the Wild have a situation. The Buffalo Sabres are upset about what's going on. So if this continues, the NHL has built in about a roughly a week of buffer time from the end of the scheduled regular season to the scheduled start of the playoffs to try to get in some of these games my intuition is that this is not a sport where you can do a doubleheader like the St. Louis Cardinals did in baseball. Mm-hmm. There are going you to imagine teams, <laughs> there are going to be teams who have fewer games played than others. And that comes into my mind when I'm thinking about potential the potential playoffs. The North Division in Canada has not had any cancellations because Canada and the US have some fairly different standards. We're putting it lightly. <laughs> <laughs> Teams in the North Division are most likely to play their entire season while a team in the East Division may fall a few games short. Do here's the million dollar question. Do the, do North teams have a chance of being exhausted by the time the playoffs come and do the teams that had their schedule shaken up are they going to get that extra rest? Number 3. Number 3 is that we're looking at a lot of back-to-backs series is to try to reduce travel and get the schedule in. And that, to me, benefits a team that has two strong goalies rather than a team that has a dominant number one. Mm -hmm. What I'm looking at with this is the Winnipeg Jets. Connor Hellebuck won the Vezina last year, one of the best goalies in the league. Eventually, they can't ride him as hard as they did last year. He's not going to be able to start 70% of their game. But a team like Montreal, they spend – more cap dollars on the goalie position than any other team in the league and they have a hot starter and a hot backup which is why if i had to give a divisional pick uh that's why i think they're going to win the hmm. the, year of
2: the side piece <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting that you bring up the the you know if teams finish with less games, has the NHL already announced how they are going to address that? Like, will they go based off of points or will they go based off of like a winning percentage? If there are teams like waiting to get into the playoffs, or does that not even come into
4: play because of how the playoffs are going to operate? They, so if you don't, for those who don't know, the playoffs are going to be the top four in each division.
3: Ah. There
2: it is. Not that makes regardless sense.
4: Regardless of points. So there's no wild card at all. Yeah. We don't have to compare like the fifth place team in the central versus the fifth place team in the East mm-hmm. so that in one regard helps it, but nothing ever goes right. There's going to be a something. <laughs> <laughs> if you follow the beat reporters, um, they've started tweeting more about paying attention to winning per- or paying attention to points percentage. And in my mind, I think that's what it's going to be. If we get to a point where a team has more than seven unplayed games by the time we get to that buffer zone, they're, they have to go with points percentage. It's not going to be fair. Like There are, are going to be some teams that get burned by it, but, I mean, it's a rough situation that the league office finds themselves, finds themselves in.
2: Yeah, no, it's definitely... I look, I think that the way that they handled it specifically, you know, they're in a different position than a lot of other leagues just because of the presence of international teams in the league. Like the NBA had Toronto playing in Tampa, right? Is that what's yeah, happening? They're, they're in Tampa. Um lovely. Yeah, the Tampa.
4: Tampa Sports Magic hasn't rubbed off on the Raptors yet. <laughs>
2: no, they look they are so bad this year. <laughs>
1: I'm fading them to oblivion, but anyway. <laughs>
2: So I'm looking at your 2021 NHL season picks, January 13th, 2021 on ESPN. I see you have the Bruins. I see you have the Oilers. I see you have the Lightning and I see you have the Avalanche as far as divisional picks. You already touched on the, um, the North, and now you're kind of more so with the Montreal Canadiens instead of the uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Um, is there any other adjustments you would make after basically almost a month of of play so far?
4: I think I would. I think I would stand pat with my division winners from the Central, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and my division winners from the East, the Boston Bruins. Boston started slow, but their lineup is rolling now. The Pacific Divi- or the West division is what's giving me pause. Uh, Nathan McKinnon has had some injury trouble with the avalanche. He is an MVP candidate when he's healthy. Otherwise, I mean, the, the West division has three excellent teams, St. Louis, Vegas, and Colorado. And then somebody weird is going to get that fourth spot. Mm-hmm. But mm. Colorado is the one that I'm least certain about. However, I don't feel strong enough to change my pick yet.
2: So Colorado, interesting you brought them up. According to DraftKings, for Stanley Cup winner, they are tied with the Vegas Golden Knights at plus 750. Uh, The Lightning are third at plus 800, and the Maple Leafs are fourth at plus 900. You have the Boston Bruins taking it home as your Stanley Cup champion. The only – uh, writer for ESPN in this article that did pick the Boston Bruins. Um, give us a sense of how you feel about the Bruins' chances of taking home the Cup, given that they are fifth with 10-1 to 1 odds as the Stanley Cup winner. And This is per DraftKings. You know, this might change based on what book you use. But give us the case for the Bruins uh, to take it home and, and raise the uh, Stanley Cup trophy this year.
4: So <clears throat> the main the main headlines coming into the season is that they lost their top two. They lost two of their top defensemen. They lost Tori Krug in free agency to the Blues. They lost their longtime captain Zdeno Chara in free agency to the Capitals. However, the reason why I don't believe that's going to kill them this season is Charlie McAvoy is stepping up into Tory Krug's role, and Matt Grizzlick, who I believe in another piece I predicted as my breakout this year. Is stepping up into the second power play unit and uh, the second pairing and the second power play unit. This is a team that I don't believe is going to lead the league, and this is a team that I don't believe is going to have the best record. But this is a team that I believe is built to win in the playoffs. They have a strong goaltending. They have a strong goaltending pairing, depending on how much, depending on how much, uh, Tuka, how strong Tuka Rask is down the stretch. And this is a team that plays tough defensive hockey in front of them and scores enough to scores enough to eke out a lot of close wins. If David Pasternak had been healthy coming into the season, he would have been my uh, top goal scorer. pick.
2: Interesting. I know Corey being a former uh, Massachusetts undergraduate uh, is, are you happy about that or, or, or do you kind of, care about the Bruins right now. I'm
3: happy with what I'm seeing out of McAvoy. I like betting on the Bruins when it (laughs) pleases me. Um, But then I also like seeing them lose in a horrible fashion to the Canadians because I know what the scene is in New England and -hmm. it's not pretty. It's very funny. Um, But yeah, I thought it was, uh, I think they're doing okay for uh, losing such big pieces this year.
2: Yeah, no, McAvoy's been great. I I joined a dynasty hockey league and i know no one gives a fuck about my dynasty hockey league there's literally <laughs> nothing about. like
1: and you talk about a lot of stuff and i this like the
2: least but <laughs> but mcavoy is on my team so i know that he's been playing well so satch to bring it to stuff that people do care about i have two oddscast specific questions for you one oh. is we haven't had a canadian NHL Stanley Cup winner in, it's a long time. I don't know what exactly, if you have that off the top of your head, when's the last time they won a Stanley Cup?
4: 1993, it was Patrick Waugh's Montreal Canadiens over Wayne Gretzky's Los Angeles Kings.
2: There you go, that's why he's the Oracle. And given the divisional makeup and that, like you said, the top four teams are gonna play each other, there is going to be a Canadian team in the final four like that's just a given because of how the season lines up is this the year that a canadian team finally wins and breaks that streak and what teams uh if any do you think can pull that off
4: i think this year is as good as any for a team to have a shot for exactly the reason you said there will be a a canadian team in the final four and what benefits Toronto? Who I believe preseason they were one of the top uh, they were one of the top um, odds to win the cup. Mm-hmm. Preseason they were the odds leader to win the North Division. What benefits Toronto is that every year previously, when they make the playoffs, they end up stumbling into a bad matchup against a low, either a lower-seeded team that plays tough defensively, or they match up against Boston, who kills them. <laughs> this year. When you get down to the final four, it will not, it will be purely according to record. So one will play the number one remaining record will play number four, number two versus number three. They will probably avoid Boston. And if they, I believe that they match up favorably if they were to play the West winner or even the central winner. So Toronto is everybody's darling pick to win the cup for the first time in Canada. And if I had to be totally honest, even though I'd been raving about the Canadiens earlier, earlier in this call, I have a hard time picking against the Maple Leafs. And I can't believe I say that because they are so bitten in the cl- in the clutch. Like this is the ho- the craziest hockey market in maybe the entire NHL, Toronto. And there's always some spectacular failure at the end of the season. So, my head is saying that they're in the best position of the Canadian teams. My heart is saying, eh, but that's my insight on that. So,
3: follow up to that. Yeah. Is there anything in your heart of hearts you would like to say about the Senators' potential chances this year?
4: They are 150 to one to win their division. I would recommend there are other ways to spend your money there. So, <laughs> I pay close attention in the fantasy realm, and I had expected their young players to take a leap forward. Their young players aren't bad, but they're still developing, and to be honest, they're overwhelmed against the other teams in the North. The North is full of six good team, well, five-and-a-half good teams and the Senators, so they're running into a tough matchup Fucking every The Senators, night.
1: man, they stink. They're,
4: they're not – <laughs> They're not good. They are purely in rebuilding. The if you're a if you're a Senators fan listening to this, maybe start paying attention to some mock drafts.
1: Also, if, <laughs> if you're a Senators fan listening to this, let us know so that way we know we have a Senators fan.
3: <laughs> yeah, we'll send you something to yeah. cope with, you know, being the kindergartner getting beat up by eighth graders.
2: <laughs> so, second odds cast specific question. Uh, there are a couple teams that are probably out of it given just even a month in, like the senators are, have five points played, in, uh, five points earned in 14 games they're and the red well. and the red wings have eight points in 14 games. And they're, you know, probably in rebuilding mode as well. Are there any long shot, you know, we love the long shots here, any long shot picks to win or, or to at least compete could go on a deep run. Um, Given just how crazy and how just unprecedented this season has been and will be in terms of COVID, you know, I, I know that the Stars, Ben Bishop's hurt. They're twenty to one. The Oilers have so much offensive talent. They're just terrible in terms of their goaltending twenty eight to one. But given that they're in that uh, that that Canadian North Division the six, if you will. Um, they, but, but are there any teams worth, if not, you know, if you shut down the, the Senators, any other team worth just throwing a couple, you know, guac Chipotle money on, Free uh, bet as, as we yeah. like to say at the odds cast.
4: Okay, so I'm looking at odds from February. I'm looking at uh, Stanley Cup futures from earlier this month. It would probably change depending on what book you're looking at. Mm-hmm. but i see the new york islanders at 33 to 1 they have not been that great so far this year but they are a team they're not a team that's built to win in the regular season they're a team that's built to play playoff hockey the benefit for them is that they have a few months to try to get everything together most importantly get everyone healthy and they made it to a surprise run to the conference finals last year their team they're stout defensively uh, with Barry Trotz as their head coach, and Mitch Korn as their goalie coach, who work magic whenever they take over a goalie situation. They're 33 to one. If they can squeak into the playoffs in the difficult East Division, they're one team that I expect. They're one team that I'm willing to throw some money on. Number two, I see. Number two, I see the Carolina Hurricanes at 18 to one, and it's the similar logic to. Uh, it's a similar logic to my pick with the Islanders. This is also not a team that's built to win in the regular season. This is a team that's built to play playoff-style hockey. They have some g- injuries at the goaltender position right now, which is why I wouldn't pounce on them yet. I would wait to see if maybe that maybe the line falls on them. But if, they're a team that if they get healthy in time for the playoffs, they're so stout defensively. They have the best defenseman core in the league that they're another team that's capable – if they get the right matchup of stifling the other team's offense and making a surprise run to the conference finals, that's, those are the two that I believe I would be willing to throw some money. on.
2: Islanders make, make some sense. Like you said, they made the run last year. They have the experience and you know, they, they're a tough out. I, I don't think a lot of teams want to play the Islanders just in terms of their play style. Um, any thought, daily. Oh, Go, sorry. No, you're good. You're good.
4: I've got a story about them. So they had the, so they were playing the Philadelphia Flyers in the second round. I was assigned to write recaps for the games that night. And so if you're ever a recap writer, your only rooting interest is that you don't go to overtime. So they were <laughs> the early game. They were the early game that night and they ended up scoring the time goal with like maybe a minute left in regulation. Right there you just delete everything you had written. You start you start over you right there. You just pay attention to the game, keep watching. This happened to me twice, in which the Islanders would go to overtime and I end up missing the first period of the late game and then having to catch up on that
2: one. That's a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, Satch, it's uh, you know, I I never went into the professional journalism route but you know thank you for your service as a former former capital j school back when we were at Rutgers. dom's <laughs> a lowercase j kind of guy now <laughs> i'm just a, i'm just a lowly podcaster um let's any any daily hockey tips if you're looking just to bet i know producer Corey is big on the puck line parlays have you seen anything um in terms of just daily stuff that you think there's value on or just kind of you know, your daily strategy before uh, I have one other question for you after this. uh,
4: That's that's more closer to home. Sure thing. Uh, There are three bets. There are a few bets that I've been looking at every time there's a full slate. Number one, I take the over whenever Vancouver is playing. They lead the league in penalty kill minutes. They lead the league in power play minutes. If you ever watch them, their games feature such wild swings of momentum. Their defense is atrocious and their goaltenders are streaky. I believe they've hit the over 10 times this season. I'll look it up. So, they're one, they're a team that they're either giving up a lot or they have a random outburst whenever they match up against Ottawa. So, I've been hammering overs against Vancouver. Uh, The second thing that I've been doing, Tampa Bay is favored in every game they play. So, if you take them on the money line, you're not going to get great odds. So, what I started doing this year is I've been taking them to win the first period. Um, And here's why they're number two in the league in first period goals and they've given up the second fewest first period goals against more often than not, they end up winning the first period so I've passed on taking money line Tampa money line and instead I've been hammering Tampa to win the first period and this is one, this is one that perhaps somebody smarter than I can see how well this plays over the course of the entire season but both teams to score in a period third period is something that I've been, that I've been looking at the majority of shots, the majority of shots and the majority of goals so far this season have been coming in the third period, which is unusual compared to years past because the second period usually features the most goals. There's a reason for that because you're making a long substitution switch, which ends up making the second period more chaotic than first or the third. But this year, third period magic has been riding and if you spend a lot of time on hockey twitter you're noticing uh, a lot of late goals a lot of goals late in the third period a lot of blitzes by the teams chasing so at least until the magic runs out there i've been taking third period both teams to score
2: what's usually the odds on the third tier period both teams to score is it plus odds or is it
4: um i believe so i believe so but i don't have it in front of me at the moment Okay. They're usually pretty decent.
3: Yeah. That bet makes so much sense, and I don't know why.
4: <laughs> well, it's because our hockey because oracle is telling Because I'm a fucking Devils us.
3: fan, <laughs> and every time there's a lead going to the third, I can bet my ass that they're going to give up the lead, at least tie the game, and go to overtime, or just straight up lose.
2: Well, so that brings us to our uh, to my to my close to home question. We're all Jersey guys here on this podcast. You are currently wearing a devil's jersey, even though you are in the background of the Hartford Whalers, I think I see. Um, what How Shout close jerseys? How close are we? How close are we as devil's fans to seeing some playoff hockey? Are we one year away? Are we two years away? um give us a sense of what you've seen from the young guys this year as uh speaking just in terms of the Devils, you don't have to talk as a devil's fan but i know there's a lot of devil's fans that listen to those podcasts what's your take on the state of the devils in their rebuild um given what you've seen this year
4: i have been pleasantly surprised by jack hughes's development i know jack hughes um, jack Hughes, F- jack. jack hughes the fantasy writers at espn have been predicting him to be a breakout I was a bit pessimistic because he didn't look so great last year, but he, you're right. He put on 20-something pounds of muscle. He's looked fantastic so far. Number two, I've been pleasantly surprised by Ty Smith. I wasn't yeah. expecting him to be as good as he's been so far. Before the COVID shutdown, he was getting some buzz as a calder now. Number three, your hopes uh, the hopes of stealing the four spot in, the, in a difficult Eastern division is going to hinge on Mackenzie Black. He was doing well before he entered the COVID protocol, and if they come back after, if they come back to action and pick up right where they left off, that's something. That's hot goaltending is going to be the thing that gets them there. I've also been paying close attention to the line movement. I know Nikita Gusev has fallen down the lines a bit. Niko Hishir is out, but he was was the one that I expected a breakout from this year. My head is telling me that not to expect the playoffs this year. I think next year is more realistic because they have a ton of cap space. I I
2: can live with that. I I, like, you know, it's, it's, it's like you said, I think it comes down to Blackwood. I think that you should be happy just with Hughes and, and Smith Hopefully he sure comes back soon. Maybe the COVID, you know, if he was close, maybe the COVID break actually helps them in that regard. Um, but, you know, it's it's exciting just to see the young pieces finally start to play together. I think, you know, Hughes has looked like he's going to be a top-tier talent for for many years to come, and hopefully he starts to they- – look. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, he's the next Sidney Crosby. You heard it here first. Um, but no, I, I think that you know, hopefully, he he starts to like New Jersey and and they start to see some success and he stays long term. But I think you know. At the end of the day, you've given us some very solid daily fantasy, our daily betting advice for our listeners. You gave us those three tips on the Vancouver over the Tampa Bay first period and hitting the both teams to score in the third period lines. I think that, you know, it might, maybe you might move the market in those regards, given uh, our, our huge audience. But I Vancouver, think those are... six to the over. <laughs> it up. 10 and six to the over. But I think that the um, you know, those are those are good things to look for. And then, you know, the long term, you gave us some long shots. You like the Bruins to win. And I think that, you know, they're, they're up there, but they're they're not a sexy pick. You know, it's it's all the Maple Leafs. It's the Avalanche. It's the, it's the Vegas Golden Knights. So I think that, you know, thank you again for coming on. But you've given some really solid advice here um and again just happy to have you on we'll probably look to try and do this again when the playoffs start but thank you so much
4: for coming on
1: always a pleasure man
4: i'm glad to be here and um whenever you need me you can find me on twitter at Dave C.
1: well uh your stuff what do we got (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) we do retweet it it. frequently chill it
4: You can, find, you can find me on Twitter at Sachin Dave C. And you can follow our content all season long on, e- on fantasy, ESPN.com Fantasy Hockey.
2: There we go. Awesome. Sachin, Shandan, everybody, ESPN Fantasy Hockey editor. Till we meet again, our Oracle, thank you. We will see you soon. From a shaman to an Oracle. <laughs> <laughs> And thank you. We're back. It's time for some pods and recs. We gave you a lot to digest with the NHL. Hope you guys have good luck betting it, but it's time for pods and recs producer. Corey, how you doing?
3: I'm doing just fine. How are you?
2: <laughs> that was <laughs> that was not really what I expected. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You can
3: be courteous at times. Dominic. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, Do you have anything to recommend?
3: Um, Yeah, I guess I'll recommend a show I watched. It was on Viceland. It was basically a beginner's guide to QAnon. It's called Finding Q, I believe. The first episode is free on Vice, uh, the YouTube channel. And the other ones, I don't know. I've I've got on demand because I got cable now. I got it like that.
0: Oh, wow. So good good luck if you're a
3: cord cutter.
1: That's
0: me.
3: Most men in America who are fathers are cord cutters. People don't realize that. Um, but yeah, I was watching my girlfriend and she was like watching in astonishment. And I, re- I realized then like, I pretty much live online by comparison to most people, I guess. Because she was like, what the fuck? This is real the whole time. And I was like, yeah. Like, this has been real for like super long time. Where you been?
2: Yeah, um, I, I think it's fascinating because I do think it's like, it's a religion. It's yeah. It's like it's belief in in something that with with no real evidence and like I said, it's it's characterized. I characterize it as like national treasure for boomers, but like it's, it's and the more show gets so-
3: into that. Like that's how it's designed initially. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's or like da Vinci Cut da Vinci hunt. hunt, yeah. Ooh. And then like it just takes on a life of its own because unlike the puzzles of the past, old people didn't get involved. That's when shit kind of got real,
5: but um,
2: now it's it's. There's a lot of people now coming out who are like, kind of, I guess, being deprogrammed from it. Like, but they're not boomers. Like, they're not like your traditional notion of like your grandpa falling to, for like a Nigerian prince scam and believing that Donald Trump no, a different set up sect a of Q people. Yeah, I believe, <laughs> like Donald There's Trump has set up, has that, set up yeah. a, a shadow government and like is operating in secret, and that all the Democrats have been executed. Um, and celebrities. It, it's mostly it's it's a lot of like new age like yoga people and like like mid level marketing schemes people.
3: Yeah, it's like all those really bored housewives that constantly have like you know it's take your Tupperware party in nineteen ninety two. That's your QAnon following on Facebook in 2021.
2: I don't think that would. I don't think it would have gotten to this scale without COVID. Like that's my theory. Uh, yeah. Is that yeah, like yeah, people, no, people just sitting at home, like angry that their life sucks, and now they're
3: and then, like they just scooped up some good old anti-Semitism.
2: Hmm. <laughs> American is apple pie. The. Uh... <laughs> hmm. I am going to recommend a movie. You can get it on Amazon Prime. I think it's an Amazon original, which I hate, but it was a really good movie. Uh, we watched. It's called Bliss, with Owen Wilson and Salma Hayek, and sold. I oh, what a combo. <laughs> it's being and, and I was looking at some of like the the reviews on it, like the critical reviews from like people in quote unquote like film journalism. Um, and they're terming it as a sci-fi movie, but it's not like that's wrong. It's not a sci-fi movie. It is a sci-fi movie, but it's not. I would characterize it. I don't want to get too much into it, but it is Inception on crystal meth. And I will leave. I heard it at
3: that's that. what tenet was like too. Isn't that what Requiem for a Dream is? No, that's real meth. Actually, heroin. Heroin. <laughs> I
2: recommend it. It wasn't that well received because of like they were like, "Oh, this is a sci-fi movie," but it doesn't really hit the mark because it's not a fucking sci-fi movie. It's it's I, I can't give too much away because I don't really know much about going into it, but it was it was a mind bender, but it's not a sci-fi movie. That's not it. a sci-fi movie. Okay.
3: Hang on. There was um, James Cameron had created his own genre for Avatar. Take all the tech noir. It's what he qualified uh, the Terminator as. And I guess like Total Recall would fall into that category. Um, Do you think you can come up with some sort of genre name for what you just watched? What was that? Do you think you can make your own genre's name for what you just watched? Break the bounds of the categories already established for you and make your own. What would you call it? Go. Um,
2: Drug Trips.
3: Drug. interesting okay tm that's ours now okay moving on
2: yeah i say that's
3: accurate Who, who's next <laughs> soup to joe uh
2: i
1: what did i have i had a le- I had a vegetable lentil soup which seems redundant um but uh that was good i got it in a it was a an amy's soup can that wasn't bad Classic. Uh, but what I'm going to recommend, I think I've mentioned it before, uh, but I'm going to mention it again, is I'm recommending, number one, the sports Sportsbook, because they move their futures lines very slowly. And I, to tie that in, I'm recommending the St. Louis Cardinals to win the World Series at 40 to 1. I recommended it before on Twitter at 60 to 1. Um, and every other book, the best odds are 25 to 1 right now. Um, You're looking at a heart of the order with uh, Goldschmidt and Arenado and a pretty solid rotation with Flaherty, Kim, Wainwright, Martinez, and Mikolas. Mm -hmm. So I I, I think that they can win that division and they're going to have a good shot at winning the World Series. So pitchers and catchers report in a week or so. And uh, I think this is the futures bet that you can dabble with right now at 40 to one. I hate the
0: Cardinals. I don't
1: really like the Cardinals either, but I just think that the odds are good and they really are out of whack with the rest of the the books at 40-1. to one.
2: We'll have our MLB previews coming up. I'll say one and a half things about the MLB. Trevor Bauer's a loser, but I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> You're up, Terry. Uh, there's, uh, I, one, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about it, okay. but he's a loser. Cool, cool um
1: dodge that one
2: yeah uh i'm
0: gonna i'm gonna recommend just taking midday breaks from your from your work when you're working at home just like go do something else or just take whole day breaks and just procrastinate
1: that's what i usually do
0: um
1: work at night then
0: yeah a lot of night working for some reason i'm not productive in the daylight hours i I have to agree with you I get yeah, that. No, I really should be either, you know, like a, a high-class gigolo or possibly a Chippendales dancer
1: with these hours I'm keeping.
3: Well, luckily well, you think didn't that. get into that field right now. It'd be really tough for you.
1: I feel Do like th- it'd be hard to be a Chippendales dancer when you're dragging on the floor. That's true.
2: Do you think that your or this generation's propensity to work at night is directly tied to, like, writing papers in college?
3: In high school Yeah I still have the same playlist I throw on When I'm like Well Gonna be an all-nighter The paper
1: paper writing generation I love the 24-hour lab Obsessed with the 24-hour lab In college I was always It's
0: it's also possibly Just the Imposter syndrome We all have That Gives me anxiety All day And makes me not Start assignments Only to realize I still need to do them And I need to just You know Swing my big dick around And Fucking get it done. If, think only, if only
2: good. you can dive into real work as much as you can dive into NFL futures. Oh, now yeah. I, now I, now oh. I want to bet the, the New York jets at 80 to one. Oh, and well, I you blame you.
3: you it's well, it definitely you his fault. Did, yeah.
2: <laughs> I just bet them
0: a million times while you guys are talking. <laughs> well, There's nothing to withdraw
2: anymore. <laughs> $80 million. You're really going to give uh, the score like an actual liquidity problem.
1: Oh, maybe I should. I wonder if they have them. Is this the
3: GameStop player for the NFL?
1: Maybe. Terry. Terry's going to try to bet, like, the most that he
2: can. It's, they're not going to reject it. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, sure. All right, so I guess we're rooting for Deshaun watching the Jets. Um, and, yeah, so thank you again to Sat Shandan for coming on. Really good NHL tips. Um, we will be back next week, probably some NBA, some NHL, some uh, – college basketball we're getting we're getting close to March so conference tournament's coming up oh the Daytona 500 is this weekend yeah. you have any bets I so Bubba Wallace is actually on a new team this year with Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan oh yeah like, that's the new one yeah yep and he's a really good restrict restrictor plate speedway racer so Daytona and Talladega are like the two like where they don't lay on the brake pedal at all. They just, like, go, and it's, like, pack racing, drifting. Um, Sounds aggressive. Oh, it is. He's performed really well in those types of tracks. He's, like, good at one. And it's kind of become a sexy pick because of that and, like, a new team kind of thing. But I'm I'm interested in it. I'm intrigued. I would like to root for him, but... um, the Daytona 500 is really the time to like throw in some long shots because it's always just like a shit show at the end. Um, and it's really hard for guys to just pull away. So it's basically this, if, if there were any time to do some long shots now would be the time to throw them in, but I'll, I'll, I'll put out some picks on the, uh, on the Twitter machine.
5: Love maybe. That.
0: But uh, And just to, just to close the loop in, in the corporate world, uh, the score has the Jets at 75 to one. And it's telling me that I can only bet $1 and
1: 33 cents. <laughs>
3: <laughs> How many times?
1: I don't know. You got to just withdraw. I think I you got
3: Terry. I think Pull we out, hit
1: the Terry. point. I think we hit the point.
2: (laughs) Tweet, tweet a screenshot at them and just talk. Like, ask them to ask to see their books. Just say, "Have you had enough?" (laughs) That's on (laughs) the table.
3: (laughs) Do you need me to walk away now?
2: Post your winner next to that and just be
1: like, "The the score has fucking had enough of me." (laughs) What is
0: this? I don't understand.
2: (laughs) That's unreal. All right. That's it for this uh, edition of the Oddscast Podcast. with Dominic DeLeo, Joe DeLara, Terry Takes, producer Corey, see you next week. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. I'm
5: living in a 21st century, doing something mean to it, doing better than anybody else. They kiss my whole ass. More specifically, they we kiss my asshole. I'm an asshole, you niggas got to. My sauce is Napoleon, my furs is Mongolian, my ice fought the Goldies and nine Body. Every characteristic of the egotistic. He knows he's so fucking gifted. I just needed time alone with my own thoughts. Got treasures in my mind, but couldn't open up my own vault. I tell like creativity, purity, and honesty is honestly being crowded by these. Reality is catching up with me, taking my inner child, I'm fighting for a custody, with these responsibilities and they entrusted me, as I look down at my diamond and crush the peace. thinking no one man should have all that power, the clock's ticking, I just count the hours, stop tripping, I'm tripping off the With a whole fucking nation They say I was the abomination Obama of Obama's nation Well that's a pretty bad way to start the conversation At the end of the day, god damn it, I'm killing this shit I know damn well y'all feeling this shit I don't need your pussy, bitch, I'm on my own, bitch I ain't got a power tip, who you going home with? How you doing? I'm surviving I was drinking earlier, now I'm driving What a bad bitch I got the power, make your life so exciting. Inside, 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 inside. <laughs> Man, it's-